0: Happy Wednesday! It's Wednesday, my dudes. Um, today, on this little extra snippet of "God Save the Queers," I'm going to be talking about my reaction to J.K. Rowling's essay that got an award by the BBC. Um, the essay was in response to some backlash she was getting and about her being called a turf, and kind of her response and apology in heavy quotation marks, basically defending her turfness and exclusionary feminism. Before I start, I just wanted to say I'm recording this on January 6th, and today we just witnessed the Capitol building being broken into by white supremacists and Trump supporters, and it's really quite shocking to see how it was handled by police, and it really goes to show you the vast difference between how white people are treated by law enforcement versus how black people are treated by law enforcement, and it's a shame that peaceful protests by groups like Black Lives Matter, you know, are just tear gas and bullets and all of that kind of stuff, and really violent protests by white supremacists basically go untouched. And I'm not wishing violence on either side, but this definitely makes it very apparent that police do know how to use non-lethal force when they want to. So in situations where lethal force is used, it's clearly a choice. And that's all I'm going to say on that. But yeah, a couple weeks ago, I read to you the essay that J.K. Rowling wrote in regards to her views on being called a turf by um, followers on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm not going to sit here and insult J.K. Rowling as a person or put her down, because honestly, it's a waste of time, and there are a lot of people that share her views. I, instead, am going to pull apart her own words and explain why a lot of the rhetoric and language she used was insensitive and also very inflammatory, Language like that can be dangerous, especially coming from a person that so many people look up to and grew up with and on. On the one hand, she has a lot of diehard supporters who will side with her on her trans-exclusionary comments, and that's gonna be really dangerous in itself. And on the other hand, she's causing harm because her stance on trans rights has devastated so many queer kids and allies who now feel alienated by a woman they thought cared about them, and now they're realizing she really does not give a shit. And that's really hard for a lot of people. I personally have friends who have reached out to me and said that they don't know how to feel because Harry Potter was like a staple for them as children. It helped them get through hard times. It helped them get through, you know, it helped them escape. It was, it was a form of escapism when you're a kid, when you have a bad day or if your family is struggling with problems or, or, you know, you're getting bullied, you can turn to things like that to help you get through it. And when you later find out that the person who provided that safety for you is now totally negating your existence or Making you feel unsafe. It's shocking and it's hurtful. So I wanted to break down a couple things She tries to defend herself by saying that she's read books about trans people and even knows some trans people Yet she completely ignores the backlash and the responses and the cries she's getting from real-life trans people responding to her telling her why her language is harmful it's kind of that common thing that racist and homophobic people do when they say, like, I have a black friend, so I can't be racist. I am I have a gay friend, so I'm not homophobic. And she even tells this lovely anecdote about how a character in a book she's writing deals with these issues herself. And I'm not sure if it's dealing as in the character is trans or dealing with as if in the character interacts with trans people. She doesn't even make that clear. And... It's all nice and good to write a cute story about a trans person while living and breathing trans people are suffering by the people who are agreeing with your opinions, and it's great that she thinks a fictional character can in any way embody what actual people are experiencing and how her creating a fictional character through her experiences is going to be factual if she's not even listening to trans people talking to her literal face. In this whole essay, she is essentially trying to defend herself, and she is basically crying that she's the victim and complains about being called a TERF. If you don't know what a TERF is, it stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist, which means you claim to be a feminist, yet you don't support trans women. So instead of opening up her ears and listening, she gets defensive, and that, I feel like, is the end of any dialogue or conversation, which is why I started this out by saying I'm not going to sit here and personally attack her. Because attacking someone is the quickest way to shut down a conversation. So I don't want to be like her. I don't want to sit here and play the victim and say, oh, like cry that she offended trans people. I want to break down why I think this language is harmful so we can actually have a conversation about it. So she brings up five points as to why this new wave of trans activism, as she calls it, concerns her. And, you know, I'm having trouble understanding why she even finds the need to comment on this at all because it really doesn't affect her. But here's the point she makes. One, she complains that The women and children organizations she supports will suffer if gender and sex become synonymous terms. She's also worried that making gender and sex synonymous could hinder medical research for certain diseases that exhibit differently in people with XX or XY chromosomes or any of the other combinations of chromosomes. And... I will say that as a trans man, I can't ignore the fact that I was born with a certain set of organs and genitalia, and I still need to get regular health checkups to ensure that I'm properly taken care of. That's my duty as a person to myself for my self-care. And I have a biomedical engineering degree, and I'm fully aware that people are born with different sets of organs, but that doesn't mean that the language surrounding conversations about healthcare can't be more inclusive, right? Like, there's a way to talk about gender and talk about organs and talk about biological sex, if you want to call it that, without having to alienate people of any gender identity. And I feel like she's looking at this from a very black and white view, that if, you know, gender and sex are synonymous, that it's going to completely erase all medical science, which just is not true. (laughs) There are trans people in the sciences who will tell you that. Point two, she's concerned about the trans activism affecting education and safeguarding And she doesn't really elaborate on that point. But the only thing that I can think of is she's worried that it'll have a radical approach and inform kids improperly about it. She really does not say. So I I would actually like to hear more about that from her. Point three, she says she supports freedom of speech even by the likes of Donald Trump. Which means that she believes that hate speech and inflammatory language should be allowed in a free country. Which is funny because literally in point five, she goes on to criticize something that Donald Trump says. So, uh, that's great. Yes, freedom of speech is important, but if you say racist, homophobic, sexist, stupid, misogynistic things, you're going to get backlash, even in a free country. Point four. This is perhaps the most infuriating point she makes, and she takes a stance as if she's a well-studied expert on young trans people and their transitions. Um, She's concerned about young people transitioning so young that they'll detransition, and I actually find it kind of comical that she says that she's studied this extensively, and through her extensive research, she found out that 60 to 90% of adolescents who have dysphoria end up growing out of it. By the time they have finished puberty. And if you Wikipedia that fact, it's literally the first stat that comes up in Wikipedia. So maybe she literally just Googled it and took what she wanted to hear, because that is from one study, from one site. She's concerned that young people will be misinformed and make mistakes about their transitions. And then she says, it's hard to be a woman. Which is true. I am not saying it's not hard to be a woman. I lived for 23 years as a woman, and that shit is not a joke. You get catcalled, sexualized, disrespected every single day. It is so hard to be a woman, and I have so much respect for women. Cis women, trans women, all women. But, you know, it's hard to be a trans person too, okay? So, <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard for a lot of people. She says that autistic girls are more likely to transition into men. I feel like she's kind of implying that um, gender dysphoria and autism go hand in hand and that you have to have some kind of mental deficit to be trans, which is rude. Um, And not true. (laughs) This is perhaps the most insulting and infuriating thing she says, and I'm going to read you the quote because I I want you to hear her words. She says, quote, I've wondered whether, if I'd been born 30 years later, I too might have tried to transition. The allure of escaping womanhood would have been huge. I struggled with severe OCD as a teenager. If I'd found community and sympathy online that I couldn't find in my immediate environment, I believe I could have been persuaded to turn myself into the son my father had openly said he'd have preferred. End quote. So, I just, as a, Okay. As a trans man, I just want to say that she views trans men as women who were just too fed up with being women and couldn't handle the pressures of being a woman this viewpoint is misinformed at best I personally have struggled and I know people who are trans who have struggled with this thought because you do feel guilty in a way like yeah it's it is very hard to be a woman a woman it's very hard to be a woman it's very hard to love your body when so many people sexualize it, and it's very hard to know when you're dressing up for yourself or when you're dressing up to impress other people or when you're dressing up because you think that'll get you a better job, or when you're doing things for other people and not yourself. I've been there. I've done that. I lived as a person that I wasn't for 22 years because I was so afraid that if I didn't, I wouldn't get respect or I would get hurt or I would get killed. Or I would be, you know, disowned by my parents and my friends and my family. And the choice to transition, it's a life-saving choice, but it's difficult because you never know how people are going to react. And to say that that's the easy way out and that trans men are just women who can't handle being women is insulting and infuriating and... I would never say that to my worst enemy because when you come out, when you transition, you are literally having to reintroduce yourself to every single person you know and you're coming out on a daily basis. So when I first I first came out in Brooklyn, when I was living in Brooklyn, and then I moved back home to Los Angeles where I had gone to school and where I'd grown up and where everyone who knew me before I transitioned lived. And every time I saw a neighbor or a person at the store I recognized, I'd have to reintroduce myself with my new name and my new pronouns and out myself every single day. And I always had this fear in the back of my head that when I did it, the people that I thought liked me would just never talk to me again because of who I am. And that is a very scary thought. And it takes real bravery to come out. And there are people... Who are never safe to come out. And I can't even imagine the struggle they're going through. So to imply that coming out is the easy choice. And that trans men are just ca- are just cowardly women who couldn't handle being women. Is literally a fucking shameful point to make. And it is infuriating. Period. Sorry. I'm very heated about that. Then she goes on to say that women are degraded now more than they ever were with porn, music, etc. And, which is true. I mean, I agree with her. Um, I also agree that a lot of women, women that I know, do sex work and, you know, create their own pornographic art as a form of empowerment. I would love to hear her stance on what she thinks about sex work and if she thinks it's all demeaning and degrading or if she actually takes into account that some people are dominatrixes and do it to take power back and things like that. But it's just funny because when she says this, she literally quotes the grab them by the pussy quote that Donald Trump says and criticizes Donald Trump, who she had defended in literally her previous point. So, um, <laughs> LMAO, literally. Then she says that trans activists are trying to break apart women as a cohesive political class. And I think she's missing the point entirely. She refers to the political class of women as being women, not women in a costume. Which means she's saying she believes that trans women are just men in a costume right? And this implies that she thinks all but cis women are playing dress-up. And when she says that she's trying to, that she thinks that the trans activists are trying to break apart women as a cohesive political class, she has the point entirely wrong. Trans women are to be included in that political class, right? And, And in women's rights. And the class is actually going to expand and you'll have even more allies and more support amongst each other. Because I bet you that there are cis women and trans women who have more in common than a trans man and a cis woman. And if they just sat down and talked about it, if she had sat down and ever actually spoken to a trans woman, she might realize that and change her mind. And then she talks a lot about how she believes that it's harmful to use, like, um, in a healthcare setting, it's harmful to use language that doesn't include gender. Like, when you talk about people who have uteruses, for example, and she says quote i understand why trans activists consider this language to be appropriate and kind but for those of us who have had degrading slurs spat at us by violent men it's not neutral it's hostile and alienating end quote as if trans women have never gotten slurs spat at them by violent men see again she's totally disconnected from reality here and also she's completely missing the opposite where it's like people with uteruses is helpful because when a trans man like myself goes in to get um, an exam, right? Like to pa- a pap smear. Goes in to get a pap smear. Goes in to get something relating to organs. It's really nice to not have to walk into a woman's clinic. I pass pretty well as a male and if I have to walk into a woman's clinic, I get the strangest looks. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. People will literally tell me I'm in the wrong place. Doctors will say I don't deal with your kind of people. So if we just eliminate gender from talking about organs, it would help everyone. Doctors are not there to alienate you and use hostile language. They're there to be inclusive. It's inclusive care. It's important. It's progressive. It's needed. It's necessary. So, J.K. Rowling, I say to you, it's not trying to make a hostile and alienating environment for women. It's trying to make an inclusive environment for everyone. Point five. She's concerned that a lack of single-sex spaces, or allowing trans people to use bathrooms they feel most comfortable with, will result in more natal females being assaulted. Okay, well I'll ask you this question. What about trans females being forced to use men's bathrooms, or trans men being forced to use female bathrooms? I can tell you from experience, if I walk into a women's bathroom right now, women will not feel comfortable. And I can tell you from things that my friends have told me, that if a trans woman is forced to walk into a men's bathroom, her safety will be threatened. It's not safe. At all. And the other thing I have to say is, she says that there's a law now where someone could just say they're whatever sex they want to be, whatever gender they want to be, and then walk into any restroom. Which, you know, I mean, I guess that's true. But what I say to that is, at the end of the day, if someone is going to assault someone in a bathroom, a law is not going to stop them. Most people don't assault people in bathrooms. Most people use bathrooms to use the bathroom. And if someone is going to do something horrible in a bathroom, they're going to do it regardless of the fact if they are allowed in the bathroom or not. So I think that the thing that she's concerned about happening will either just happen anyway, or will happen significantly less than the 99.9% of people that it will help by letting them use the bathroom they feel most comfortable in. She also, just throughout the essay, uses very binary and insensitive language to trans people. She refers to trans women as men that become women, but in actuality, it's You know, she is a woman. She was always a woman. Her mind was always of a woman. She refers to one of her friends who was a gay man and is now a woman. It's like, no, your friend was never a gay man. Your friend was always a trans woman, right? But your friend just hadn't transitioned. Your friend may have not even realized it herself, but she was always a trans woman. And the other thing is, she's saying that allowing trans people into bathrooms that they feel most comfortable in is a result of the government playing fast and loose with women's and girls' safety which clearly does not include trans women in this context, a.k.a. you're a trans-exclusionary radical feminist J.K. Rowling uh, or a TERF. Like, you cannot defend yourself and say, I'm not a TERF, and then write a whole essay about how you're a fucking TERF, okay? She did a great job of defending her position as a TERF in this article, I have to say. And then she says, quote, All I'm asking, all I want, is for similar empathy similar understanding, to be extended to the many millions of women whose sole crime is wanting their concerns to be heard without receiving threats and abuse. End quote. What about the trans women and their concerns, J.K. Rowling? You better be fucking J.K. just kidding with all this, okay? The one that's harming women is you with your rhetoric and your exclusionary feminism that does not include trans women in the conversation. I don't know if there's a way to get through to people that think this way. I believe that if people were to be more open about having a dialogue about this, they would realize that they have a lot more allies and they could really grow their political circle of women and their political class, as she puts it of women if they truly listen to trans women and truly realize that being more inclusive in your language and focusing less on gender is actually really helpful and brings people together rather than tears them down. The only person tearing people down with the stance she's taking are the people that agree with her. And that's really all I have to say about that. Please let me know your comments and your thoughts, I'd love to discuss this with you. I'd love to hear... Either way, if you disagree with me, please tell me why. Please, I'd love to hear what you have to say, and I'd love to actually have an open dialogue with you about it because I don't have all the answers. I feel the way that I feel. I have my opinions, and I have experience being being a trans person, but not a trans woman, and uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say. So you can reach out to me on God underscore save underscore the underscore queers underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, and yeah, hit me up on there. We can talk. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe.